This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, basketball time. Yes, basketball time. Football is uh, still hot and heavy time, but but basketball is here time. Isn't Tennessee in everything school time? I believe the numbers say it is time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a an unseasonably cool and pleasant Wednesday late afternoon, early evening. Gotta say, 67 degrees in, in November. Give me some of that. Big fan of that. That is that is nice. Not as nice as the first college football playoff poll was for Tennessee, but uh, still pretty nice. But we are not talking. This is the one episode this week we are not talking football. We are talking basketball because, guys, Tennessee basketball, which is ranked 11th nationally and probably should be higher, opens the season here in about, what, five days? I think five days from now? That's It's coming, guys. Tennessee Tech, November 7th, Monday night, Thompson Bowling Arena. We got a lot to discuss on this episode, and I'm sure y'all have seen the news by now, but we'll start straight off the top by introducing not a new guy to us, but a new guy to the basketball beat at GoVols 24-7. It is Ben McKee. Ben, my man, how are you doing? How are you? Are you excited to to add basketball to your plate? I know that we've sort of known this was coming and we, we couldn't say anything about it for obvious reasons, but now it's here. And I got to tell you, man, I'm excited. I'm really excited too. Uh, Tennessee basketball was kind of my introduction uh, as a journalist to journalism, uh, because when I was a student journalist, the, this was the sport that was uh, easiest to access. And, and a lot of that is because of Tom Satkowiak and, and Rick Barnes, uh, that they are very uh, gracious people. And they they understand, especially Tom, uh, understand the importance of student journalism and, and allow it to, to kind of be a, a playground of sorts in, in the sense of uh, allowing young people to mm-hmm. to learn uh, and get used to, to what it's like being on a beat. So uh, obviously this is my first full season covering basketball with Go Balls 247, but uh, ha- have been around Barnes's program for essentially his entire tenure here. So I- I'm, I'm really excited. And uh, another great basketball team is what they are going to be this season. So uh, it, it's going to be a hectic two months, especially if Tennessee makes the college football playoffs. Uh, even if Tennessee doesn't make the college football playoffs, they're, they're probably playing what at worst in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. So it, it's going to be a, a long month of November. Uh, Tennessee has Tennessee basketball has some very interesting games in the month of November. Uh, the opener is next Monday or this coming Monday, as you pointed out. But next Sunday, they go to Nashville to play Colorado in Bridgestone Arena. That'll be fun. Uh, later this month, they are going down to the Bahamas to play in the Battle for Atlantis. They open with uh, Butler, and, and then they'll play two more games on Thursday and Friday. And I think Wes has the schedule in front of him, and, and he can mention the, the other possible uh, opponents for, for that Thursday and Friday. I, I want to say Purdue is possibly one of them, yeah, for thir- if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, for Thursday, it's BYU or Southern Cal. And then Friday, it would be someone from from the other side. So we'll see, but it's, it's, a, it's a really, really good field, and – the reason yes. I'm ex- yeah, and I'm excited, Ben. I know you know you don't want to talk about yourself, but we've already introduced everyone to Ben. Obviously, he's been he's the co-host of this podcast now. But I also want to say this just before we move on. I I know that 
we offered our our still friend and, and former coworker Grant Ramey the opportunity, sort of, or or to did he want to say goodbye? How did he want to do it? And and if you know anything about our good friend Grant, it's that he is the king of Irish goodbyes. He just he's a quiet guy. He did the he did it at my own wedding. He he did an Irish goodbye. <laughs> it was my own wedding. <laughs> he just I turned around. I was like, "Where's Grant?" He left. So our, our we we still love the guy. He went to work for one of our competitors. This is a business, um, but. Uh, we we still love the guy. He he's still our friend, but uh, he is no longer our coworker. Uh, but we've known for a long time that we hired when we hired Ben. He was going to be the basketball and baseball guy, and I'm I'm obviously going to help him with both. But he doesn't need help. We are really really excited um, because if you know Tennessee baseball, Ben won't say this, but I will. Uh, ben has been an ass kicker on that beat for for baseball. And I've learned that the hard way because when he was a competitor, uh, there were times where, you know, when Tennessee baseball started getting good, a lot more of us started showing up. Ben had already been there. Ben was getting scoops. Ben was getting news. Uh, and it stayed that way. And um, that got our attention quickly. And uh, that's one of the reasons, biggest reasons why Ben is here. Because uh, if you're not going to beat him, uh, sign him. So so that's what we did. We, we got Ben and we're happy to do it. And he's going to do, uh, in time, the same exact thing for, for basketball. And I'm super, super excited about it. And I wanted to say that because I know – uh, I, I I do personally love Grant, and I, I I've tried to tell him that several times, but he's just he's that's just how he is. Uh, you know, he, he's just kind of a off to the side, don't talk about me kind of guy. So I don't want to ignore it. It's the elephant in the room. I do love the guy. I also love this guy that I'm talking to now, and we're super super excited about the things that we're going to do with basketball, with podcasts, with news, with video, with all the things that we do for every sport. Uh, we are going to be there. We all have young children. Doesn't matter. We're all going to be there, right? We'll lock them in a in a padded room, and uh, they'll take care of themselves. And we're going to go. We're going to go earn that that steak dinner for them. All right. This is what we're doing. Uh, we we love this, and this is a time of year where you got to love it because things are coming hot and heavy, man. It hits football. It, it's basketball. They're both their footballs entering the the nut cutting time of the season. Basketball for Tennessee. The schedule they play there's a couple of cupcakes in there not a lot they're they're normally playing a really good schedule and we are excited to do this and i think if you're just now if you've not been paying a lot of attention and you probably have so i'm probably preaching to the choir here but if you've not seen it uh, tennessee has played a behind closed door exhibition game against michigan state which tennessee and michigan state are not allowed to talk about but i can tell you tennessee won and then tennessee uh, they couldn't. No one could say anything about it. But but Tennessee won a close game there, and uh, without Josiah Jordan James, still without Josiah Jordan James, Tennessee goes and plays Gonzaga in a game that anybody for pay per view uh, could could buy there in Texas. And Tennessee beat the absolute snot out of Gonzaga, and that was a Gonzaga starting Drew Timmy. That was a Gonzaga starting its guys, and that was both teams playing with their guys, except for Tennessee did not have Josiah Jordan James. And Tennessee had 99 points with three minutes left in the game and then quit scoring. So that that got the attention. Because even if Gonzaga is a little bit overrated, you don't just do that to Gonzaga. No one in a couple years had done that to that defense. Mark Few is an excellent basketball coach. And uh, the, both those teams were sweating. They were going after it. And you, that, that was not an accident what happened in that game. Tennessee looked really, really good. So, Ben, before we break it down and start talking – guards and forwards and all this what what are sort of your expectations for this team we all know the this is the second time i've said elephant in the room but the elephant in the room has always been that rick barnes teams need to win more in march okay we're not in march yet all right when it gets to march when it gets to april we'll talk about that again they can't play the march and april games yet because it's november Let's talk about what's in front of them. Let's talk about what they have. They've brought in another good recruiting class. They've brought back a lot of key players, and they look good right now. They really do. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too surprised that they beat Gonzaga in the exhibition last Friday, but I am surprised that they beat them by 19 without Josiah Jordan-James. And as you mentioned, by all accounts, Gonzaga was playing all of its guys. <laughs> and, and that's the preseason number two team in the country. So I, I just want Tennessee fans to, to sit back and, and think for a moment. We'll see what this Tennessee basketball team ends up being. But for the sake of the point that I'm, I'm going to make, just, just go along with me. Tennessee football, number one team in the country. Here in a couple of months, Tennessee baseball is, is going to open as the preseason number two team in the country behind LSU because LSU got a bunch of sexy transfers. Yes, it did. Uh, so 
essentially baseball, number two. And really you could say they're number one because they were the best team this, this past season, even if uh, they, they came up short. Football's number one, baseball, top two team, top three team. And then basketball, they're, they're a top three, top five team. How, how could you not say they're not the number two team <laughs> right now for, for beating down Gonzaga in that exhibition? So it's still just numbing almost and, and hard to wrap the mind around the fact that all three of Tennessee's major men's sports are literally in the conversation to be the best in their respective sport, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and the Lady Vols are up there too. The Lady Vols are going to open this season ranked as one of the top teams in the country too. So all of the money makers, all of the breadwinners are uh, are bringing home a lot of bread right now. And you want to eventually pair that deliciousness with a nice nice natty. You want to get a belt while you're there. That has eluded Tennessee. They need to go do that. There's no question about it. But things for this athletic department and this basketball team, they look really good. My theory's always been it's kind of that um, that 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 Denver Broncos thing. You just keep getting there. Eventually, you're going to get one. Just keep getting there, John Elway. Eventually, you're going to get one. You just keep banging on the door, and eventually, at some point, you're going to barge your way in there. And, and I think that. Tennessee last year got unfortunate in that it ran into a team that had Final Four talent, but screwed around during the season and was emotional. And, and even played the co- their best game of the season. Even the coach was emotional. And, and I, I, they, they did not have basketball as a matchup game. They had no one who could match Dickinson. They just didn't. And and they ran to the wrong team at the wrong time. And that's the breaks, right? That that's that's how it happens. That's how it goes. Sometimes you get really good matchups, and sometimes. You run into a team in the second round, and you're like, "Ooh, I don't like that matchup," because that that was a Final Four talented team. So, but there they are now; they're back. Uh, Josiah Jordan James and Santiago Vescovi both decided to come back for another season intelligently, I believe, on both of their parts. Olivier Kumwa is back. Uh, Zakai Ziegler, Urosh Plavsic is back. A lot of guys on this team are back, and I think, I, I think. If you want to talk about a concern, Ben, in the backcourt, one of the biggest ones I have is that we all know Tennessee thought it was going to get Uri Collins, and it didn't. Let's, let's just call that what it is. Tennessee thought it was going to get St. Louis transfer Uri Collins. They thought they were going to get him to come, and he decided that he was going to stay at St. Louis. And and that was a blow for Tennessee, um, but they still have Zakai Ziegler, who's a first-team All-SEC, all-SEC point guard. They still have Santiago Vescovi, who can play point guard. They have... Um, Josiah Jordan James, who in a pinch, can't play point guard. They've got Tyreek Key, who in a pinch, can't play point guard. I don't think they're short on ball handlers, but if they had one more pure point guard, I'd feel maybe a little bit better, Ben. Yeah, you're you're right on that. And before I dive into that, I do want to back up and, and give my answer to your last question because I got off on a tangent talking about the, the success of, of Tennessee athletics as a whole. My, my expectation for this team is is pretty simple. It's to compete to to win the SEC. That they have the the pieces and and the talent and the depth uh, to go out there and, and be the best team in the SEC. So I expect them to to be one of those top two, top three teams in the regular season uh, during conference play this year. I, I expect them to 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 it be coming down to the wire the, that last week or two of the regular season and and them competing for the the SEC regular season championship. And then also, uh, I guess we're back in Nashville this year for the SEC tournament. Thankfully. Go to Nashville and, and you know, they have a real shot at winning it. And I, I, I don't know that it's fair to just say that SEC tournament championship or bust um, because we've seen how difficult it is to win in the tournament, especially for Tennessee. I mean, they won it for the first time in over 40 years this year and and there's been a lot of good Tennessee basketball teams come through those doors so uh, it's it's a whole lot easier said than done and I I think people don't realize even the SEC tournament pales in comparison to the NCAA tournament but even the SEC tournament especially now with as many great teams and great coaches and and great players and just natural talent that is in this league now it's hard to go in and win the SEC tournament even if you're the perceived best team in the conference going into it, but that that's the expectation to compete, to win the sec. And, and I, I agree with what you were saying, Wes, uh, about kind of looking ahead to the tournament, uh, the NCAA tournament and wondering what Tennessee is going to do. There's a lot of time between now and then. 
last January after Tennessee got its butt kicked by uh, Kentucky and LSU on the road. It, it felt like a team that that was going to, to lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And then by the time Selection Sunday rolled around, it felt like a team that, that could potentially go win the whole thing. So we just don't know what Tennessee is going to look like by the time March rolls around. But Rick Barnes, because he has established himself, because he is one of the highest paid coaches in the conference, in the country, uh, because he has recruited as well as he has over the last several years. And, and the standard of Tennessee basketball is now set. Because of all those things, what he does in, in March is what is going to determine whether this season is a failure or not. And to this point, the, the, the NCAA tournament success is what is evading Rick at Tennessee. He, he's done pretty much everything else. Uh, he, he's won an SEC regular season championship. He, he's won an SEC tournament championship, something that Bruce Pearl could not even do. Uh, and, and he has obviously gotten to the NCAA tournament, and, and he's had a little bit of success in the tournament. He's made a Sweet 16, and I feel very similar to what you were saying about Michigan. I feel the same way about the Purdue loss. Like that, that was a coin flip game. That that game could have gone either way. Was, I don't a, ba- a bad call, a bad call, yes. changes that result. Yes. I hate to say it like that because it sounds bitter, but I was there. I saw it. It was bad. We all saw it. A bad call changed that game. Correct. I I, I do agree with you, but bad bad call or not aside, that that was that was two high level basketball teams going back and forth, and, and you could play. 10 times and, and they both probably win five. Mm-hmm. Un- unfortunately, Purdue had the call go their way and, and they made one more shot than, than Tennessee did. So uh, he, he's had a little bit of tournament success. Sweet 16 maybe should have gone further. I, I don't necessarily blame him in that particular year uh, is the point that I'm getting at. Uh, Loyola Chicago without Kyle Alexander, a, a little bit fluky as well. And if um, the, the shot that Loyola hit doesn't touch every single inch of the rim and then bounce the other way. Who knows? Maybe Tennessee goes to the Elite Eight that year or the Final Four themselves. So they, they've had, I think, a little bit more postseason success and just run into bad luck than maybe some want to admit. But that is going to dictate, especially at this point, with everything Rick has established with Tennessee basketball, that, that's going to dictate uh, whether or not this season is a success. And they have the, the talent in the roster this year. To, to go make a Final Four, Elite, elite Eight type of run. They, they do. So uh, as as unfair as it may seem to place those expectations on November 2nd, that's what they are. Go compete to, to win the SEC, whether it's the regular season championship or the tournament, and uh, go make a deep run in March, something that Tennessee has not been able to do under Rick Barnes. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll say this too. I, I, I'm, I'm not excusing – the, the postseason record, I think that I can already imagine some Tennessee fans rolling their eyes here. I, I, I want to be clear about this. Rick Barnes' resume is incomplete because he does not have enough postseason success to match what he has done during the, the regular season. The, you, that can't be argued. That's like you, you're, you're it'd be like trying to tell us grass isn't green. Like we're not going to do that. It's, it's real. There's, you have some bad luck here and there. Some things happen. It's a tough sport. But at the end of the day, uh, he's paid at a championship level. And for everything he's done for Tennessee basketball, the next step is having more NCAA tournament success. Get to that Final Four. At least get to it first. And then talk about winning a national championship. But at least get to that. Now, my, my argument's always been twofold. One, Tennessee fans shouldn't really complain yet because Tennessee being in this position every single season, having a chance is a big deal and should not be taken for granted. And the second part of it is it's okay to be frustrated, and you should be, because they need to win more in the postseason. I think both of those things are absolutely true. And, and, and so if, if, you could, if you could say, hey, would you rather win – you know, 25 games a lot of years but never go to the Final Four? Or would you rather have a lot of those 20-win seasons, you even occasionally don't make the tournament sometimes, but you, you, you go to the Final Four twice in a decade or something? You'd rather be the latter. You'd rather be going to the Final Four. There's no question about it. But in order to do that, you got to be there more often. And, and Tennessee is getting there every year. Tennessee's in position. It just needs to break through. And, and that's why I guess we can transition over to uh, the guard play and, and some other things, and, and we will do that, but we probably, before we do that because of the schedule now, we probably need to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll do that, and we'll come back. We'll talk more about the team itself. We'll talk about some strengths. We'll talk about some weaknesses. We'll talk about things we like, things we're not sure about, and uh, guys that need to 
improve throughout the year. Some fresh faces, some new guys to the team. There's a lot to discuss, and there's no way we could cram all of it into one episode. But you know what? We're going to give it a shot. Back in one second. Hashtag ad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from Ben McKee's house, which we have not named and we will. Shame on us. Shame on all. And by that, I don't mean shame on just me and shame on just Ben. I mean shame on everybody. Shame on every single one of us. We need to find something something for that, and we will. But regardless, we're coming to you here on a pleasant, pleasant Wednesday afternoon in God's own Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm a couple of miles away here, maybe 1.9 miles away from Thompson Bowling Arena, where Tennessee basketball will open its season next Monday night against Tennessee Tech, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. for those of you weirdos in in the, the central part of the country in terms of central time, which is, is stupid and shouldn't exist, but it does, and that, that is what it is. We got a lot more Tennessee basketball to talk about, and we're going to do that after a quick a uh, request from our end, guys. Uh, with everything going on with Tennessee right now, there, there's a lot of cool stuff out there, and there's a lot of stuff that you probably want to listen to. And if you're listening to this podcast, help more Tennessee fans get this podcast. Do that by rating and reviewing this podcast and subscribing to it. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. Nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go on there on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast the fine pod. You can find this GoVolf 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very, very few complaints from our end. You never want to say no complaints, but very few complaints from our end. Only thing we're asking, and I don't think it's too much to ask, is please go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell people you see at church. Tell people you see uh, at, at the golf course. Tell people you see walking your dog. Tell people you see out shopping. Tell people you see at the grocery store. Tell people, just just tell people that you see, you pull somebody next to a red light, you see somebody wearing orange, be like, hey, hey, knock on the window. Hey, can you roll your window down? Hey, I like Tennessee. You like Tennessee. Why don't you listen to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast? And if you do that, First off, you, you might make someone feel weird, and I'm sorry about that. But if you don't, you could be meeting your your new spouse. You could be meeting your 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 best friend. You could be meeting your best friend who then has a brother or sister who becomes your spouse. The possibilities are endless. We can change your life forever if you just help us out a little bit. So think about it like that way. Karma, pay it forward. If you're doing all those things, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, let's talk about this uh, Tennessee basketball team. Let's talk about this roster. Let's talk about, uh, I guess we'll start with the backcourt. We I teased this a little bit in the first segment when I got way in front of the skis, and I apologize for that. But uh, talking about the, the backcourt, I like the number of ball handlers in that backcourt. I like the depth in that backcourt. I would, in a perfect world, like one more pure point guard because I think Vescovy's better off the ball. I think Tyreek Key's better off the ball. I think Josiah Jordan-James is better off the ball. I think all of those guys are better off the ball, and I think 
um, B.J. Edwards, the talented freshman from Knoxville Catholic High School, the greatest high school ever, is going to be a good player. I just don't think he's there yet. So I don't know if he's in this rotation right now. So I, I would really like one more kind of pure point guard type, but they didn't get Yuri Collins. It is what it is. And, oh, well, they still have a first-team All-SEC point guard in, uh, in Zakai Ziegler. Right, and, and they have plenty of capable ball handlers. Uh, Zakai Ziegler, Santiago, Josiah, Tyreek Key, B.J. Edwards, maybe at some point. You, you know, Jonas Adu wasn't ready to, to play at the beginning of last season, and, and then he was able to find some minutes because he developed over the first couple of months that when Olivier went down with his ankle injury, uh, Jonas was able to step in and, and fill some minutes and, and make some plays as well. Maybe B.J. Edwards can can follow that same path, even though he's not necessarily – ready to go the, the night of the season opener. Uh, and, and you did hear some good things about B.J. Edwards over the summer. Uh, not not Julian Phillips-level type of things, uh, but th- there were some positive there, – there was some positive feedback uh, regarding B.J. Edwards. So I, I would not be surprised if, if at the end of the season we're, we're looking up and, and, and B.J. is getting seven to ten minutes a night uh, because somebody's going to have to step up and – and help Zakai out. I mean, it, it's just going to have to. And, and I was listing off all the ball handlers. Julian Phillips can handle the ball. Josiah can handle the ball. All it need be. And and I think that's the strength of the backcourt, Wes. But on on uh, the versatility, that is, you have guys that can can do a little bit of everything. Um, Jemai Meshack, another guard wing, but he, he's more of a defensive guy. He, he reminds me of Josh Richardson early yes, in Josh yes, Richardson's yes, yes, yes. career in the sense of he's going to come in and, and he's going to be an energizer funny. He's going to rebound the basketball on both ends of the floor. Uh, and then defensively, he's just going to make a ton of plays. And Jemai may be Tennessee's best defender uh, right now. I'd, I'd say him and, and Josiah. I think Ziegler too. And, and Ziegler, yes, all three of those. Uh, Tennessee's going to be real good defensively because of all three of those guys. Um, so Jemai, pr- probably not a guy that <laughs> you want necessarily bringing the ball down the court, but he, he is a guard. Uh, and he is a, a wing. He, he he obviously has to touch the ball at, at times in, in order to play basketball. Uh, and I've honestly seen him take a step forward in, in his offensive game, in the practices that, that we've been allowed to be at. Granted, we're, we're not watching them every single day, uh, but Rick Barnes has continued to say that Jemai Meshack is the most improved player, the most improved returning player on this basketball team. And uh, that that's not just on the defensive end or or as a rebounder. I, I I saw one practice this this preseason where he could not miss uh, from the perimeter, uh, inside, mid range, e- everything he was he was taking he was making, uh, and it didn't look like a a foreign concept to him to play offense like it did last season. So you you do have a lot of guys and, and a lot of versatility, and and that is the strength of the group in my opinion. But on the flip side of that, you don't have a true point guard outside of Zakai Ziegler. And Z- Zakai's not going to start because he, he prefers to come off the bench. And he's still going to, to play 34, 36 oh, minutes yeah. a night uh, against good teams. And although he's not starting, he, he's going to be one of the, the five guys on the floor when it's closing time. Zakai's going to play a large role on this team. But what if Zakai gets banged up? What if Zakai is in foul trouble? What if he has to miss a game or two? Tennessee's in serious trouble, in, in my opinion, because you don't have another true point guard with, with Kennedy Chandler moving on and, and Tennessee whiffing on, on some transfers that, that they were hoping for because of uh, unforeseen circumstances. So uh, that, that, to me, Wes, is, is the biggest question mark with this group. They're, they're going to play great defense. Uh, th- this is a group that led the SEC in three-point shooting last year because of Santi. They're, they're going to score. They're going to defend. Uh, th- there is depth at the guard position as a whole. But in terms of true point guards, I agree with what you were saying. Santi's better off the ball. Josiah's better off the ball. Tyreek Key is probably better off the ball. But with this concern and question mark that I am raising – the answer to that is Tyreek Key. At least that's the answer that Rick Barnes is trying to force. Uh, obviously, he exploded for 26 points against Gonzaga in the exhibition. 
but they, they really believe in him as a facilitator as well, although he hasn't necessarily uh, performed in that role all that often in, in his career. But if you go back and look at his time uh, at Indiana State, um, his assist rate jumped from 10.5% as a junior to 14.7% as a senior. So he is a guy who can handle the ball and facilitate he just hasn't been asked to do it a ton, and that's why he's viewed as a scorer and a shooter. But because of Tennessee's lack of true point guards, he's the guy that is going to be asked to, to be that second point guard, second ball handler, because they don't want Santi bringing the ball up the court. They, they don't want Santi playing point guard at, at all. I, I've heard Rick say that in practice to Tyreek Key. Tyreek, you, you've got to – Get this, you've got to do this because we don't want Santi doing it at all. He's not going to do it, so you've got to do it. I, I've heard Rick voice that to Tyreek. So hopefully he is a guy that, that can slide in and, and fill that role until B.J. Edwards is ready. Yeah, I'll tell you what I really like about Tyreek Key, though, is um, uh, Olivia Come, I was talking to him during – it was a couple weeks ago, I guess, was kind of sitting down one-on-one with, with, with Come on, and he said he, he referred to Tyreek Key as a purebred bucket. Uh, he said that guy is a walking, talking, purebred bucket. And then I've watched practice and thought, yeah, yeah, he's doing it there. What's he going to do in, in, in game time? Well, the first time that I we all saw him play was an exhibition game uh, against Gonzaga, which, you know, is Gonzaga. And the kid puts up 26 points, goes on an absolute heater in the first half. He, he's out there taking and making deep threes. He, he's confident as he can be. I mean, this kid is – he is a purebred bucket. And I think – I don't know offhand what the, the the number the most number of points scored by a Tennessee player in the Rick Barnes era in a game. It might be Grant Williams. He had a couple big games against maybe one against Vanderbilt. I think Schofield's had a couple big games. Uh, Kevin Punter obviously had some big games. I think he's a kid who could have like a forty point game at some point. I really yes. think he he could go on an absolute mind bender, and he could do that. And having a guy like that at Tennessee again. You just you're never comfortable when you play a team that has a guy like that. You are never ever comfortable because what are you going to do? You're going to not guard Vescovy. You're going to not guard Ziegler. You're going to. I mean, Olivia Kumwa, who's post up face up game well, is really don't really how nasty. Josiah shot the basketball the yes, last 10, 15 games yes. of the year last year as and, well. And, and so what what are you going to do? defensively against these guys it's not an easy question to to answer and i think that is that is big for tennessee having a guy like that i mean it 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 does it's unfortunate that they weren't able to to land a couple of those point guard transfers but tyreek key's a guy who's going to help you a lot and if he can play a few like one rotation a half on the ball man and you don't have to have Vescovy on the ball at all because he's fine on the ball, but he's so crafty and so devilishly good off the ball with his movement. And and they could be offensively flat nasty because we haven't even mentioned Julian Phillips yet. And and this kid was, you know, he's a burger boy. He's a five-star. He, he's an All-American. He, he's another one of these. It's like Tennessee signs five-stars now, and it used to be like you get one a decade and – they had to have a parade through town. Now they're getting them every year. Uh, so you don't want to forget that, like, oh, by the way, it's still awesome to get kids like this. And um, on the wing there, him, Josiah Jordan-James, um, they've got, you know, Bayshack, you count him as a wing, I guess, even though I think he's going to play defensively on the point guard some. That would be my thought is that they'll probably play Mayshack some when Ziegler's not in the game, and they'll have Mayshack do the 94-foot face guard thing for the point guard a lot. Um, that would be – if I'm Rick, that's probably if I'm putting myself in Rick's shoes or Rick's head, which is a dangerous place to be. I think that's probably <laughs> what I would do. Some just to see if he could do it, like they do, like they did with Eve Pond sometimes. So th- that's a th- regardless. They've got probably what you would say are maybe three wings. Now Vescovy can go play the wing spot. Other guys who are two guards, the two and the three are kind of the same thing in some ways uh, in in this offense, and 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 so that's it's not like it's irrelevant, but it's not a big deal either. But they probably have three guys who you would view naturally as kind of wing players. Uh, Phillips, James, and Meshack probably. So they, you know, the, Rick's always got guys with length. This kid is six seven, can handle it against – I mean, he had a tough start against Gonzaga, and then he just was like, oh, wait, this is still basketball. I've always been really good at it. I'm going to go dominate them in the second half. And he did for a while. And having a kid like that 
who you can plug into a team with virtually no pressure. Talk about an X factor. Ben, to me, this kid, if you've got all these other guys, you know, Ziegler, Vescovy, Josiah Jordan James, you know, come on, all these other guys who everybody knows and everybody's going to, you know, be, be Tyreek Key, who everyone's going to know in a hurry. You've got all that attention for all those guys. Then you just throw out a five star who's more talented than probably any of them and say, hey, by the way, we're not counting on you to do a lot. Just go out there and have some fun and see what you got for, at first. That's a dangerous piece, I think. Yes, absolutely. I, I want to finish a thought on, on Tyreek yeah, Key go ahead. real quick. And, and, and that's that he is going to, to be one of the most underrated offseason additions in all of college basketball. Or, or right now, I guess it's fair to say that he's one of the most underrated offseason additions because nobody's discussing Tyreek Key. But hearing about a month or two when, when it's Christmas time, New Year's time, and, and, and we're getting into conference play, there, there's a whole lot of people around the country outside of Knoxville that are going to be asking, who is Tyreek Key and, and how did he end up at Tennessee? I, I think he's going to be uh, a, a real deal big time player, a, a PT peer, as Dick Vitale uh, would say. Yeah, and, I think and, that's going to be Tyreek Key. And he might have set more records in Indiana State if a fellow by the name of Larry uh, Bird, a.k.a. Basketball Jesus, hadn't played there. So yeah, yes. so but but yeah, no. The the thought on on Phillips. What what do you think about that, Ben? Because I think he is, and I lo- I love your point on Key. I think it's really good. I think people are going to know this kid's name in a hurry. Uh, by the way, he can shoot the basketball. He might be a guy who shoots himself out of some games, but that's okay because uh, they don't always need it. So my st- my advice to him would be, hey, go out there and just shoot all the time, and uh, if it's not going in, I'll just take you out. But but don't ever stop shooting. I'll, let me handle that. You just shoot. And if it's not going right, I'll get you over here for a little bit. Um, but Phillips is a kid who, if you can plug him in, and there's not a ton of expectations for him. Now he might in his head be like, "Oh, I got to get to the league. I got to get to the league," and, and try to overthink it. But if he just goes in there and plays his role in this offense, and people can't focus on him, man, he could be dangerous. Well, and, and oh, by the way, Terry Key healthy now. He shot 45 percent from three as a sophomore. 39% as a junior, and then 32%. So it dropped 13 percentage points from sophomore year to senior year, and that was because he was dealing with a shoulder injury. He finally had shoulder surgery prior to last season, sat out all of last season, and now he says that after his shoulder started giving out on him after his sophomore year, he's got it fixed, and it's the best it's ever felt since that freshman and sophomore season when he was shooting 45% from three. That that next to Santi is just absolutely scary. It's gross. For it's, opponents. it's gross. Uh, it, and, and then you mix in Zakai Ziegler, as we mentioned. You mix in Josiah, whose who shot finally started to come around, like Rick has always talked about during Josiah's career. Uh, and then Julian Phillips. Uh, he was four for five uh, against Gonzaga from the field. Uh, and, and then he was three for three from three-point range. <laughs> so you, you've got all this offensive talent, and, and all of a sudden it feels like we're talking about Tennessee football's offense. And, okay, are, are you going to guard Jalen Hyatt? Are, are you going to guard Cedric Tillman? You, you, you're going to guard Brew McCoy? Who are you going to guard? And, and I think that's why you saw the offensive outburst uh, against Gonzaga. Obviously a very small sample size, but also on the flip side of it being a small sample size, I also kind of feel like it's a large sample size because of who it came against. Yep. And we'll see over the, the long haul uh, what this offense does. But if the offense is able to do that, Wes, and then you pair with their ability to play defense, oh, my gosh, that, that is a, a deadly combination. And, and I think Julian Phillips, all of that praise that I just – preached about Tyreek Key. I, I put Julian Phillips in that same boat. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the best freshmen in, in America. I, I would not be at all surprised if, if he goes down as the best five-star at Tennessee under Rick Barnes. Mm. Uh, I think he is that good, that naturally talented. Mm. And, and also, you, you mentioned the whole league thing, and, and that's a fair question. You have to wonder, is he going to be focused on college? Is he going to be focused on the NBA? You had that thought with every single five-star ever. And we'll continue to always have that that thought with every five-star ever, not just at Tennessee, literally anywhere. Yeah, and, but and, I, I really it, don't It's not believe, a new thing for Barnes either. And I really don't believe that it's going to be an issue with Julian Phillips because 
the the thing that they have praised him most about publicly, privately, is his work ethic. The the fact that after he signed and, and as soon as he could get here, he got here, he put his head down and and he went to work. Uh, a former five star that was here that departed to an ACC school wanted thirty minutes a game, faced up to the basket. And and not willing to work for for what he was wanting, and wanted, that, to, be, that wanted not, to be and wanted to be a point forward. Yes, that that has not at all been an issue for for Julian Phillips. I mean, he he has come in and, and absolutely put in uh, a, a ton of work, just a ton of work, and very team first minded. And I think he is going to be just an absolute, just awesome piece uh, that is going to blend in well with with the veterans. I think he's going to have a great season. And again, you you throw in Julian Phillips to to the guards that we are discussing, and I mean, who are you going to guard? I mean, it, it's a it's a nightmare scenario uh, for opponents. And and again, it's not just the offensive end with Julian Phillips. He's athletic, he's long, uh, he's quick, and he's a menace on defense as well. He he has a lot of potential on the defensive end, very similar to Kennedy Chandler last year. Maybe it takes a couple of months for for the defense to catch up, but. I think Julian Phillips is going to be one of Tennessee's better players on both ends of the floor. And we, we haven't talked a lot about Josiah Jordan-James because he just kind of has that understated game, and it frustrates probably a lot of people a lot of times. I'll be honest, there's times it frustrates right, frustrates me. It does. If I could say the word frustrating, I sound like Swain who can't say the word frustrating. You try to ask Swain to – ask our friend Jason Swain to say the word frustrating and, and just, just – kick back a beer and, and laugh your face off because it is great. But you, you you look at Josiah Jordan James, and when he did his whole process of going through, and he could come back for next season, but let's be honest, he probably won't. And, and he, he went through the process last season, which you're allowed to do one time, and you'll never guess what he told me the NBA people told him throughout that process. You'll never guess what they told him to work on. Get Wait for it. Wait for it. Be more aggressive. That was the thing that they told him, uh, and he was kind of like he laughed, and he was like, "I, I kind of knew what they were going to say, but because I know the story, but they're they're not they're not wrong." Um, but you know, Josiah Jordan James, he's had some 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 little I- injury issues here and there. It's kind of hard to shoot a lot from the perimeter when you got a messed up shooting hand or shooting shoulder, and he's always had those kind of things. But um, he he is the player he is. He is unbelievable defensively. He is the best pound for pound rebounder on the team. He is a guy who is an absolute glue guy, and some people don't love that term. I do because I think good teams need them. He is a glue guy. I don't know how he's going to be more ag- aggressive because it's just not always in his nature, but he said he's going to try. Um, and it's interesting because if he's out there with guys like Key and Ziegler and Vescovy, he doesn't always have to do that. So I- I'm interested to see will he actually do that or will he still kind of defer um, but I would think he'll probably shoot a, a, a pretty good bit early in games and then see how the shot's doing that day and then go from there would be my thought. Um, but he was told to be more aggressive, and Vescovy was told to do more stuff kind of on the ball and, and playmaking because they know he can do it. They've seen it. Um, but the Spurs especially and other people wanted to see him show that more and and kind of get to the rim more like they know he can and, and do some of those things. So that's what they were told uh, in their offseason stuff. But James is going to – he is who he is, and he is very good at what he is. You need him. You need guys like him. I, I think he will be just fine. I think he will never be the kind of player that people wanted him to be when he got ten, to Tennessee – but I've said the whole time that if that's all you're focusing on, you're not actually noticing the really good player he is because not everybody's got to score 20, 25 points a game to be a really good player. He does what he does, and the team is better because of it. Yes. If you don't like Josiah Jordan-James and you don't think that he's a good basketball player, you just do not know basketball. Basically, I mean, it's yeah. it's really as simple as that. and people who have followed my work for the last couple of years know that I've been on this train that, that if you, if you think Josiah is a bad basketball player, you don't know basketball. You, you really don't. And I, I recognize that Josiah came in as a five-star one, one of Rick's first five stars and didn't necessarily live up to the five-star billing. Uh, everybody expects every single five-star to be one and done and to score 30 points a game, but it just doesn't work like that. It doesn't. And that is why, in my opinion, people have, 
I, 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 not, I don't think people dislike Josiah. I, I just think no, everybody loves the kid. He's an impossible kid not to like. He's been well, he, he, and I'm I'm talking about Josiah the basketball player. I, I don't think people dislike Josiah the basketball player. I, I think people just that they expected more because of the five star rating, and I get that. But just because he was not a one and done or even a two and done that doesn't mean that he's not a great college basketball player because he is a great college basketball player. And every single college coach in America would take Josiah Jordan James on their team. 1000%. I mean, he's a great person. He's a great leader. I'm not even talking about those two points. They would take him because he's a great college basketball player and and, and the amount of things that he is able to do. Uh, He he does have a good shot and, and good form. Unfortunately, he's been, uh, nagged by injuries throughout his entire career. It, it was it was a back injury. It, it was a wrist injury. It was a thumb injury. Now he's had offseason knee surgery. So if if there's any knock on Josiah, it's the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I think that's why his offensive game took a while to, to really get going. And, and last year, starts off the year dealing with a thumb injury, wrist injury. And, and, and then – he he kind of heals from that. And, and what do you know? He's he's one of Tennessee's best offensive players, if not Tennessee's best offensive player, the last 10 to 15 games of the season. And, and he does so many things at an elite level outside of scoring the basketball. He is an elite defender who can guard one through four effectively. He is a great rebounder. He led the team in block shots last year. He's a great facilitator. His basketball IQ is through the roof. He can get to the basket. He's got a mid-range shot. He can make three-pointers. And then on top of all of that, as a basketball player, he's a great person. He's a great kid. I hope my son grows up to be as great as Josiah is. 1,000%, yes. He's a great leader. He he is the heartbeat of this basketball team. And every college coach in America uh, would would take Josiah Jordan-James on their team. And, And quite frankly, simply put, if you don't see that, then you just don't know basketball. Yeah, or, or and, and I've said this too, Josiah Jordan-James is one of those guys that the more you're around him, the more you appreciate him. And and he's been there. It's kind of it's the same way in some ways with Fulkerson. They're different kinds of characters, but they're they're really good friends. And just the character that he's got, he, he kind of, when I think of what Rick Barnes wants Tennessee basketball to be and what he's kind of made it, Josiah Jordan-James is kind of the mold of that. Uh, and also because he's left-handed and if Rick could have a whole team of left-handers he absolutely would. But you know, he he's kind of he's long, he's athletic, he's unselfish, he plays defense, he rebounds and he's a good kid. And that's kind of what they've built everything around. Before we get out of here Ben though, we do need to bring up the big men, which again in this era of college basketball, you don't usually see a lot of teams with a lot of big men. It's just not where the game is played right now. It, it's uh you, you got longer guys who are kind of playing at the two and the three spots now. So true big men, there there, there aren't a ton, really. There just aren't as many. Tennessee's got a few good ones, though. Tennessee is bringing back some faces that you know, some names that you know. Uh, we'll start with Uros Plavsic, the the seven-foot-one Serbian, who uh, is the best teammate in college basketball, as everybody knows. He is uh, one of the most consistent, relentless uh, trash talkers in all of college basketball. He is uh, a guy who, if you mess with his teammates, any of them, he is going to mess with you in return. Uh, he is going to cost Tennessee at times because he is going to get technical fouls. He is going to get in trouble. That's who he is. Um, if you you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this is an old expression, but I've always kind of thought it. If you see an angry Serbian, go the other direction. That's sort of my my thought. Um, and especially if you see a seven foot one, two hundred and sixty something pound Serbian. Just get out of the way if he's angry. Um, but beyond that, obviously, uh, one of the most underrated stories is Olivier Cumwall coming back because that young man was playing some of the best basketball of his career, and then, of course, he gets a major injury. Uh, it was unfortunate. Tennessee missed the hell out of him. It really did. Josiah Jordan-James can plug right into there their to the four spot and do okay. That's not the end of the world. Uh, they were able to overcome it, do some different things. But having him back is big, and you saw that very quietly against Gonzaga he had, I think, 14 rebounds. Very quietly. Very quietly. He went out there and had 11 points and 14 rebounds. Had a couple of nice kind of face-up jumpers. Uh, he's back. Uh, another kid who apparently his game is expanding is Jonas Adu. He is back. Six foot eleven. The the string bean, Gumby, the giraffe, whatever you want to call him. He is. He is. His wingspan. I think is his standing reach is something like nine four, which is preposterous. Uh, and he made a three pointer in, in, in the game against Gonzaga. Took two of them, made one of them. 
So those three, and then Tobey Awaka, a young man who uh, played for uh, Zakai Ziegler's AAU program. Uh, he led was one of the best players in the New York City metro area, um, but he still kind of, for some reason, flew under the radar. Uh, Tennessee found him though. Rick Barnes found him and got him to come to school a year early. This young man is six foot eight, two hundred fifty pounds, and he looks like he's about uh, in his face. He looks about sixteen. In his body, he looks thirty-seven. He is that's a man. And um, with those guys right there, I think the front court situation. You'd like to have maybe another body or two in a perfect world, Ben, but we don't live in a perfect world. I like what they've got there. I like what they've got there as well. I. I... I like Olivier Camois. I, I really do. Uh, he, he's another guy that is like Josiah, in, in my opinion, in, in terms of people don't appreciate him enough. Uh, and and he, he's another guy that, that it took longer to develop than I think Rick was anticipating. Yes. He, he's always sung the praises of Olivier and said that, hey, this guy's the real deal. He just needs to play basketball and quit thinking and let it come to him. And, and I was really bummed out for Olivier, uh, another great kid, as everybody in the Tennessee basketball program always tends to be. So I, I was really bummed out for him when he had that that ankle injury last year that cost him the, the final two months of the season because he had finally started to play like the, the guy that Rick had always talked about and, and, and hyped up. I mean, Olivier Camois finally – was living up to his potential. And then he had that bummer uh, of an ankle injury and, and I believe had surgery and, and missed the, the final two months uh, of the season. But I, I think a sneaky storyline going into this year, Wes, is is that he seems to to have regained that form. Um, going back and, and playing in his native Finland for the Finnish national team, he, he showed all the, the things that, that he was doing well pre-injury. Uh, that That's rebounding the basketball. You just pointed that out. Uh, he can shoot it. He he really can. He has a nice touch, and he shot well overseas over the summer. Uh, he, he facilitated. He blocked shots. Uh, he, he's just a really good basketball player, um, and, and I like Olivier Camois for sure. Uh, and then Urosh, it, it seems like Urosh has gotten better. I mean, how about Urosh and what he did against Gonzaga? <laughs> Gonzaga? Yeah. Was it 14 points he, he finished with? I mean, it, it was it was ridiculous. And you don't want Urosh to be your best post player, but if he's one of the guys that can come in off the bench and provide some some physicality and or, or if and he's spark if, some if, energy, if he's just cleaning up stuff around the basket, if he's just you know what, yes. if you're going to be a Mike and Drill guy and you're going to get rebounds and you're going to dunk and you're going to do those things and you're going to get five fouls every game, just do that. Yes, and again, I don't watch every single practice, unfortunately, but the practices that we've been able to be at, he has shown better touch around the rim in terms of uh, his little hook shot. Uh, and uh, we've always asked him to, to go up and dunk the basketball at seven foot one. I've seen him do that. So we'll, we'll see if all that translates uh, to the game. But but it seems like he has improved. And and I tell you, I, I have a ton of stock in, in Jonas Adu. Yeah. I, I think by the end of the season, That's I think pro. he is going – That kid's going to be a pro. Yes. Uh, he, he is an advanced version of Kyle Alexander, in, in, in my opinion. Um, in terms of when you look at sophomore Kyle Alexander, you look at sophomore Jonas Adu, I think both both playing styles are, are very similar. I think they're pretty much the same guy, but I, I think Jonas is, is further developed at this point in, in his career than Kyle was. And, and I think by the end of the year, I, I would be surprised if by at the end of the season, Jonas isn't viewed as as one of the, the most dynamic post players in the SEC. And when I say that, I don't mean that he's going to go out and, and score 20, 25 points a game. I'm just talking about his dynamic ability to change the game and impact the game in, in so many different ways. He is an elite rim protector that this team needs. I know Urosh is seven foot one, but his ver- vertical is about one inch. And it's kind of hard to be a rim protector. It's if, not, if it's not that bad. He, he, I've always said he's an underrated athlete. If you watch him run up and down the floor, he does not look he awkward is. doing it. He doesn't defend the rim the way that he should for Correct. his size. That's true. Is That's my true. point. And Jonas Adu, we saw it last year when he got thrown in there. He he does defend the rim. So um, I, I, I kind of like that about the post for Tennessee, is that you, you have three different styles of, of players, and while one person doesn't necessarily do everything great, 
they all kind of chip in. Uh, Olivier is the, the more athletic guy that, that could do more than he can't, whereas uh, Urosh is the energizer bunny off the bench, the enforcer, the, the physical guy. Uh, hopefully he can rebound and, and truly show his improved touch around the rim. And then Jonas is an elite rim protector, but Jonas can also step out and shoot the three. He, he has a really nice shot and, and great touch. And again, I'd be surprised if, if by the end of the season he, he's not playing a, a healthy dose. Uh, and, and then Toby, Tobey, uh, Awaka, or <laughs> have we decided how we're saying his last Tobey name? Awaka? Tobey Awaka. There you go. Like, waka, waka, waka. As, yeah. yeah, as I was asking. Uh, my my apologies. Yeah, no, it, it, it took forever on, on Vescovy, too. It took forever on Olivier Kumwa. It took, like, to get the actual yes. pronunciations, it took, it, it took, it, even Tennessee at first was like, they didn't get all of them right at first. But then they, now they've got them. Yes, and I, I like Tobey's game. I, I really do. I, I don't think that he's going to play uh, a major role this season, especially at the beginning. I, I think he'll chip in here and there, especially if they struggle to rebound. But he he reminds me of of Grant Williams. Again, not saying that he's going to be Grant Williams and, and two-time SEC Player of the Year, but you, you mentioned earlier him being overlooked in recruiting circles, it's because he's an undersized big. The the same reason Grant was overlooked. He's undersized. He's six foot eight power forward. Um, but like Grant, he has a whole lot of strength. He is very powerful. He moves anybody and everybody. Yeah. And I don't think that he's as skilled as Grant is. I think that's the, the difference between the two. But Tobey can move people. He absolutely can. He He's physical. He's very strong. And if, if Tennessee's having a game where they're struggling uh, to match somebody else's physicality or, or they're struggling to rebound, don't be surprised if Tobey gets thrown in there and, and Rick tries to, to, to change things up with some physicality from, from Tobey. So I don't expect a big role from him, uh, but, but he is somebody that the staff is high on, and I've liked what I've seen from him in, in practice as well. Wes, my, my one question about the post and it's the same question that I had last year, even with John Fulkerson, um, because I like John Fulkerson. He obviously had a great career at Tennessee, but you don't want John Fulkerson to be your best post player. If, if John Fulkerson is your best post player, then you're probably going to have some issues in the post more often than not. And I still kind of have that that same question with the post guys this year. Can somebody – step up and be the guy if and i realize the the dynamic of the roster and, the and we're, we're talking to you olivier we're talking to you olivier that's that's yes. let's be olivier honest let's be clear be that guy yeah. Yeah. absolutely um olivier needs to be that guy and again the the roster is constructed to where it's guard dominant and, and so when the game's on the line they're not going to be looking to one of the post guys like they were for grant williams a couple of years ago it, it's going to be santi or Tyreek or Josiah taking the final shot, or Zakai. But if Tennessee were to need a bucket in the post, who's the guy that's going to step up and, and they're going to be confident in throwing the ball to to go get them a bucket? That that's that's my one question mark. Is I like all three, all four, but can somebody step up and be the guy and be a consistent presence, night in, night out? My answer to that is that it has to be unless Jonas Adu is ready to take the big leap, which I'm not. I don't want to put that on him yet. I don't know that he's ready for that, but he he could be at some point. You never know. I think it's got to be Olivier Kumwa because he has when you when you're like okay, you need a bucket. We need a post bucket. If you're saying that, if you're in the timeout saying okay, got to have a post bucket, and for whatever reason it can't be Josiah. I, I think probably you go to Kumwa because he has the most versatile offensive game of those guys. He can put the ball, he can face you up, he can back you down, he can shoot over you, he can put the ball on the ground. He, I mean, he can put the ball on the court and he can he can dribble and he can penetrate and drive around you. Uh, he, he can, he can kind of use some muscle and go through you and dunk it. He'll go, oh, he has the, the offensive game that you want in that situation. So he would probably be the guy. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's always been a pretty decent free throw shooter, I think, too, which is which is a big deal. But I, I think that that's probably what you do there. Um, and I agree with you, Ben, before I get out of here, I will say that point about the physicality with a, with, with Tobey. I think 
there absolutely will be at least two or three games during the season where for whatever reason, maybe they're a little sick, banged up, they're just having a bad night, where the post players will either get dunked on a little bit or pushed around for some rebounds, and and Rick will be Rick. He will get angry. The hickory Rick will come out of him, and he will put Awaka in there and be like, go hit somebody. Because that young man will be like, yes, sir, and he'll go do it because he is large and will move you. And he will go in there to make a point. So uh, I think that's probably um, – probably what I think about that is that if you need a bucket, you're probably looking for the guards. But if you need a post bucket, I think you're going to Olivia Kumwa or you're going to Josiah Jordan-James at the four spot. Probably is 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 what you're probably doing. But uh, it's interesting because you look around the league and there, there's four or five teams in the SEC that I think are legitimately – you know, potential, if everything goes right, maybe Final Four teams. You know, there's four or five of them. So this is, it's a good year for the league. Uh, Tennessee, though, I think the number 11 ranking is low. I, I do. And I think a lot of that's probably clouded by people thinking Tennessee's going to screw up at the end of the season. Tennessee's going to choke in the tournament. If Tennessee had a better NCAA tournament history, just a couple more wins under Barnes, Tennessee doesn't go into the season ranked 11th because that roster is not the 11th. There are not 10 rosters in the country better than that one. I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, there are not. So those, no. those guys, I think it's going to be a fun season. Uh, the, the biggest questions that I have are ones that I've sort of mentioned in this podcast. We'll see about you know another point guard type. We'll see when they need a post bucket what they're going to do. Uh, we'll see um, are, are they going to be a team who still has defined roles, or are they going to be kind of an amoeba where you got a bunch of really good players, maybe not a lottery pick, but a bunch of really good players, and, and how do you form identities there? Who's the man? Who's carrying the thing? That might be an overstated question by some people, but I think it's a fair question. So I, I think there are some legitimate fair questions about this team, but I think there's a lot more reason to be excited than not. Absolutely. It, it is a, a great roster. As we quickly learned this preseason, uh, that they, they showed well against Michigan State um, behind closed doors in, in that scrimmage. And uh, they, they looked awesome against Gonzaga, as I'm sure you can hear Knox in, in, in the background uh, agreeing with me. And, I mean, and it's, almost, me it, 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 and, it's almost Hank's bedtime, to too. Yeah, it's almost Hank's bedtime, too. And, I, and, and I'm, but, amazed, uh, it, it, I'm amazed the way Gus has been today that he has not made himself a presence in this podcast. But knock on wood, he has not. That's okay. My my son is making up for it uh, and, and letting me know that it's time to wrap up. So uh, it, it's going to be another fun season. Uh, it, it is a Tennessee team that has the the, the talent and, and all the pieces. I think to to go out and uh, make a Final Four run and hopefully for, for Rick Barnes' sake, he, he deserves success because of the type of guy that he is. Uh, and, and this team is is full of great guys as well. Santi and, and Josiah. The list goes on and on. It, it'd be real cool to see those guys have success and, and and they have the talent to do so. So they'll, they'll be one of the best teams in the SEC. And I think they'll prove to be one of the best teams in the country as well. And it, it's going to be a fun two months watching the, the football team and, and basketball team go, go at it at the same time for, for the month of November and, and December. Uh, and, and then Tennessee fans, hopefully after a national championship run for their sake can, can swing into a, a final four run as well. Talk about, Heady times, these. Heady times. There's lots, and there's going to be lots of times in the next couple months where we are like, okay, we're recording a football podcast, then, then we're hitting pause and stop, and then we're just going to start recording a basketball podcast, and and off we go. And oh, by the way, before you know it, we'll have a baseball preview podcast. And, and it, it, Guys, these are exciting times. This is what you want. Uh, so we will see if they can make it a championship-type run or, uh, or, or not, but that's... They have the ability to do that. So we should be back, I think. Uh, we should have episodes Thursday and Friday and then another one after the game Saturday. So, Ben, we're going to be busy, but uh, this is what we're here for, man. It'll be a fun one. We've got all the coverage in the world at Go Vols 247, all the football coverage leading you into Georgia on Saturday. We'll, we'll have all the coverage afterwards. Wes, Patrick, myself will be on hand in Athens on, on Saturday and Sunday, I'll be over in Jackson, Tennessee, watching the baseball team scrimmage Memphis, and then Monday we'll be back in Knoxville to to watch some some college basketball. And and even next week will be fun. Tennessee plays Missouri at home next Saturday, uh, senior night, the final. Hard to believe it's the final game in Neyland this yes, season. Uh, and then next Sunday, uh, we'll, we'll be over in Bridgestone Arena in Nashville watching Tennessee play uh, a, a Colorado team that I honestly do not know whether they're going to be good or bad this year. They, they were not good last year, if I remember correctly, or – turn it on late 
but uh, it, it's still a nice, nice little non-conference test for these Vols. It will be, and we will be there to cover it. Uh, so until then, guys, be good. And uh, Ben, go take care of that baby. I shall. Thanks, buddy. See ya. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day, tons of stuff on there, all good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap. Go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of of that now Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days there's been a problem we should be back here uh in, in a couple days or so you'll hear from us very very shortly until then guys be good to each other be decent to each other please there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore god we are so mean to each other have some basic human empathy allow people their dignity try to be kind be good to each other until then be good guys see you Where's Wes at? He already put my comments out there, so (laughs) he, he had direct quotes. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.